My name is Dr. Kimberly Wiley. I teach organizational leadership and nonprofits for the Department of Family, Youth, and Community Sciences at the University of Florida. In this podcast, I offer lessons from our course readings to support knowledge building and skill mastery in nonprofit leadership and management. In this episode, we talk about emotional labor and effective leadership. Affective with an A, not an E, so like affect, A-F-F-E-C-T, a term that involves emotion. The organizations employ emotional labor in their interactions with trauma, whether that's mission-oriented trauma, like the mission of the organization is to help people through their trauma or share others' traumas with, indi- with individuals, say, in a museum setting, um, or it could be reactionary to internal or external events. Maybe there's an internal crisis or an external crisis that requires the employee to perform some sort of emotional labor. In mission-oriented organizations, they may perform perform emotional labor in exchange for contracts and service fees that support the trauma-oriented mission fulfillment. This is an element of control when organizations actively choose to perform this emotional labor. Uh, In terms of reactionary emotional labor, the mission of the organization organization is unrelated to the necessary emotive performance. And effective leadership, affective, is necessary in both mission-oriented and reactionary emotional labor. So let's get into what emotional labor is. Let's operationalize this a bit. Emotional labor is the act of managing one's own emotions and reading the emotions to effectively serve another. Frontline staff must build and maintain these valuable emotional skills and thus are paid for this labor. This isn't just conducting emotion to get through the day. Uh, Often we hear emotional labor being described as such um, in the community around us. We may see it on social media where people have to carry the load for others, whether it's in their job or in their relationships and their friendships and society. The way that we're talking about it right now is a form of labor performed in exchange for compensation. So this is a, in the field of public administration and social work, this is a concept that we can study how people do it and its impact on the organization. Concept is composed of three constructs, emotive capacity, your ability to perform emotion, pretending and deep acting. So you Look at the the emotion that's being expressed by someone else. You understand that emotion. You identify what it is. And then you look internally and see what emotion you need to perform in order to help that individual or to serve them in your capacity in that organization. And then you need to involve some deep acting often to perform that emotion. So emotional labor is a mode of sensing. So it means detecting the effective state of the other and using information to array one's own alternatives in terms of how to respond. You analyze your own effective state and compare it to that of the other. You judge how alternative responses will affect the other and then select the best alternative. Behaving such that a worker suppresses or expresses an emotion in order to elicit the desired response from the other is emotional labor. So how is it performed? Um, It may be like a psychological first aid. 
someone comes into the organization, say in a victim services organization, they're experiencing trauma or heavy emotion related to a traumatic experience that they recently had or had in the past, and the individual worker um, performs certain emotions to help that person through it. Someone comes in experiencing trauma and they are angry and frustrated that it happened to them. The worker has to decide, do I need to express anger with them and join them in their anger? Uh, do I want to try to express calmness and calm them down? What's the best emotion? And that's where you get training in your job when you go to work and um, organizations addressing trauma. There's also components and closets. This is where we may um, identify the emotion and we may have an, a quick reaction to uh, a certain emotion in response to their anger or frustration. Um, say in the DMV, when someone comes in and they're angry, if the worker was to respond with the same anger and frustration, they really wouldn't get anywhere and things might escalate. So you have to closet certain emotions and perform what needs to happen in that moment. It's also a way to perform it called crazy calm. Crazy calm is a way of performing when things are chaotic. Think about the police chief or the fire chief in the middle of a chaotic response to um, an emergency. Uh, they have to act calm and give directions in the middle of this huge crisis. So though normally people around them are acting kind of chaotic and responding to the fire or whatever the crisis is, that leader has to stop, calm themselves, assess what needs to happen, and respond. And this takes training and work. Sometimes you might perform emotional labor with humor. You may tell a joke to diffuse a situation or to cheer up or to shift um, an emotion from one direction to the other. And sometimes we do, you know, common sense. We rationalize the individual's emotional reaction to help them get a sense of what's going on around them, kind of using some common sense. Let's talk about the concept of trauma stewardship. Think about other times you've heard the word stewardship, uh, financial stewardship. That's where uh, an organization makes good use of the funds that come into their organization and use it the way the, um, the donor intended. Trauma stewardship is similar, a similar type of stewardship in the sense that someone comes to the organization because of the trauma that they've experienced, and it's up to the staff and the organization as a whole to help that person through their trauma. So uh, much like a flight attendant uh, stewards an individual on an airline flight to their new location, and then an emotional laborer in an organization may help steward someone through their trauma um, by way of the organization's services. This can be conducted by social workers, ecologists, environmentalists, home health aides, military personnel, domestic violence workers, biologists, the staff at animal shelters, international relief workers, social change, change activists, and people caring for an elderly parent or a young child. All of them can use the tools of steward, trauma stewardship. Really, it's anyone who interacts with the suffering, pain, and crisis of others on our planet. The definition is a daily practice through which individuals, organizations, and societies tend to the hardship, pain, or trauma experienced by humans, other living beings, or our planet itself. 
and it involves personal dynamics, the, they, the individual interaction with the person, the living being, or the environment that's experiencing the trauma or the pain or the hardship. So that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Uh, they can also involve organizational tendencies. What's the culture of the organization? How do the employees interact? What is their mission and their goals? Does it address um, components related to the harm, pain, and trauma experienced by others? And then it also involves societal forces. How are these experience, experiences perceived by society at large, and how can our organization and how can we individually help uh, the person experiencing hardship, pain, or trauma see through their own experience? Now, when performing or providing trauma stewardship, one does not internalize the other struggles or assume them as one's own. That's a vicarious trauma. So we're experiencing trauma along with someone or experiencing someone else's trauma. So that's not the idea. You don't take on and carry the burden of someone else. You help guide them through what they're experiencing in a productive way. We can do this trauma stewardship through emotional labor. When public service workers feel confident in their emotional work, they're less likely to feel the negative effects of this type of labor. Carry, or addressing the trauma, the hardship, and pain of others in human service organizations, in animal welfare, and environmental work can lead to negative effects on the individual. But the confidence in their work can help folks avoid those negative consequences. And for leaders to perform the effective delivery of services, they must be able to communicate, assess and attune what's going on, and then perform and adapt. So an effective leader, A-F-F-E-C-T, effective leader, those are the folks that are supervising emotional labor. So think about the supervisor for the social workers, the supervisor at the animal shelter or in the sexual assault crisis center. Uh, the, the leader in that organization, whatever role that is, that's overseeing the emotional labor, that's, uh, that requires effective leadership. In this episode, we talked about emotional labor, trauma stewardship, and effective leadership, and we practiced it. So in the next episode, we'll talk about what happens when we perform emotional labor in a way that causes the worker harm. When things go wrong, we'll talk about vicarious trauma, compassion fatigue, and burnout, and how to address it. 